five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Uh, I'm going to take you over to some fun with Taco Bell. And uh, the title of the commercial is Chicken Philosophers. Uh, it's set in, I'd say, the 17th century or so. Uh, sort of Louis XIV kind of look of everything. And... Um, or maybe the 1700s, the 18th century, if we want to be more precise, with a degree in philosophy and in history. <laughs> I think it's a little comical that the, <laughs> the commercial is set in a time frame where there was no kind of diversity like there is here presented, and there was no discussion of anything like this which was here presented. And I'm a little concerned that, it, you know, there's a sort of a, a, a weird racism embedded in this that, you know, we have to present every every ethnic group on the planet as if it somehow was actually involved in things that it never was. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Here we go. Let's switch over to the to the, the latest. Ready? Bun, mayo, chicken, pickle, Bun. It's bun pickle chicken mayo bun. Bun chicken mayo pickle chicken bun. Bun pickle Bless mayo. Bless me. We have an extra one. Dibs. There's a different way to chicken. The naked chicken chalupa. Only a Taco Bell. I don't know what a chicken chalupa even is, but I think it so looks pretty good. <laughs> I'm not into Taco Bell that much. Um, you know, the ch tacos are inexpensive, but it takes like seven of them to fill you up. So uh, anyway, I just thought it was fun. And as I've said before, um, Bun, let's see. As I've said before, I put these up here so I get a decent looking thumbnail on YouTube. It's just a quick way around there thumbnail generator and that's what i'm up to and i think it's fun to see what the advertising world has to say so now let's go over to over to the news why brands on twitch could find themselves in hot water and i'm probably not going to take all of this but twitch apparently i i learned a lot on this article um Twitch has 15 million viewers every day. It has over 3 billion hours of live content. I broadcast on Twitch, at least last I knew. I've been broadcasting on Twitch since I started this live stream because I could. And so I'm in there and uh, I have my own channel. I Every now and then I'll get a whole herd of people to decide to watch. And I think it's funny. <laughs> and they do. You know, uh, but I don't pay much attention to it. And one thing Twitch doesn't do is they don't archive all of the stuff. So they might keep uh, a few. I think they keep your show for five days or something like that. And then it's gone. And that saves them a lot of disk space, contrary to, like, say, YouTube, who has, I think we have almost 800 videos up there on YouTube. And um, so they don't have to keep it going. Twitch accounts for 72% of all live video content on the internet. Whoo! Wow. So anyway, where the 
you know, and the basic idea of it is, is people watching other people play games. There's no real slot for direct marketing experts in there. And maybe that's why it's not that popular. But where people, here it is, you probably know this already, where eyeballs go, brands follow. Okay? So, uh, a client brief says, we really need to speak to gamers. My bank, my law firm, even my accountancy firm, they're all at it. They're trying to get at gamers. Gaming is, as the world seems to have finally cottoned on, massive, right? But with every new target channel or marketing opportunity, the question of brand safety must be explored, and Twitch is no, no exception. Right in the midst of global focus, raising our collective game to tackle women's safety, just the right to walk home and all the rest of it, uh, up came bikini-clad cavorting hot tub girls uh, and charging charging people for um, for the privilege of watching live. Uh, that's right, hot tubs. Okay, it's a simple studio hot tub, and it's women making literally millions of dollars doing this. Literally millions of dollars. I haven't watched any. I don't think it's healthy for me anyway. But let's say you decide to advertise. Digital advertising, auction spots. You find your ad agency finds a, finds a slot that will give you a million viewers live. And you can run a little video in the midst of it. And that's all you know. It's on a gaming channel that you've never heard of, Twitch. And it's so low a cost per thousand, you think they're, they're the, the, it's not the agency, it's not Adobe, it's the algorithm thinks, this is the best deal I've ever seen. Let's give this a try and see if we get any hits. You know, one of the problems with this, though, is that in very engaging content doesn't generate as many leads. Uh, Sports Illustrated found this out decades ago when they accidentally ran a commercial on children's cartoons on a Saturday morning. They got more call-ins than they'd ever had because the dads were watching the cartoons with the kids and didn't really care about the cartoons, maybe, or the kids. And, you know, up came the Smarts Illustrated ad. And so they decided to call in and subscribe. And so sometimes great content can work against you. And uh, the infomercial world knows that when they put it on late night TV. They get a low cost per view and they get people looking for someone to talk to and not really caring about what you're selling, but willing to explore it, willing to watch because there's not much else on. But anyway, Adobe had an advertising slot and they were and they were on a popular Caitlin Amora Amoranath Sig Siragusa, okay, who was found to be leaning provocatively out of the hot tub. And uh, the author here says, Adobe had published a white paper called Celebrating Women. I wonder if they even know. And um, why all the fuss? It's not illegal, you know. Well, it's running at 9 in the morning. And imagine if this were running on the BBC or other places, you, you know, you wouldn't see it there. And there's no warnings that this could be very explicit. 
and your kids could be watching it. And this is some of the trouble that TikTok got into not long ago and YouTube got into and you know, a lot of people have gotten into. So anyway, thank you, Susie Barnes, for calling attention to that. But I think it speaks to a bigger issue, which is digital advertising. Mm, 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 mm. Digital advertising is the Wild West and your brand can be at risk just because of the algorithms. Take control of your advertising. Look into direct marketing where you can build a brand and have some fun. Okay, let's, this is an interesting article. This one email explains Apple. Okay, and what it is, I, I thought it was going to be some, you know, secret email from the management, uh, between the management saying, let's rip off everybody. Let's make a new dongle on every device we create. <laughs> so that anybody who loves Apple will have 27 dongles in their briefcase. <laughs> That's, that happens to be true as far as I can tell. I've never owned Apple but it seems that they're always inventing new new dongles and new connectors. Nope, this was from Bertrand Serlet or Serlet uh, sent an email on October of 2007. Okay, just three months after the iPhone was launched, and in the email he ex he, he outlines essentially every core feature of the Apple's of Apple's App Store. Basically, he says, we need an app store because they're hacking Apple devices. They're hacking the iPhone already. And they're going to put their content in there. So let's instead make it easy for app developers to put an app in there. And let's take a royalty, which I understand is like 40% of the selling price. So uh, Apple's app store business brought in an estimated... 64 billion in 2020. You think that trillion dollar valuation of Apple is overstated? This is printing money. But anyway, they didn't know that back in 2007. So the 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 outline basically says we need user protection, we need network protection, we need an owned developer platform and a sustainable API approach. API means that we basically tell you the rules and here's the specs to interface to the iPhone and you have to follow those rules, but then, you know, knock yourself out. Figure out whatever you want. And if it's not illegal, immoral, or whatever else with some user protection, we'll let you sell it up there. And, you know, not only has this built a $64 billion a year business for Apple, but it's also become uh, the launch, allowed the launch of countless titanic internet startups and businesses built on taking advantage of native apps on the iPhone. So what's so titanic about this email? Well, basically, the first thing he says is, we need these basic things, we think it's got to happen soon, and... We need to get it shipped ASAP. Can I have the resources? Can I have the, there's a direct ask for resources. It's also implied at the bottom, do you agree with these goals? Okay, there's enough detail. There's not an extensive defense of all of those things. Those things are almost axioms, self-evident. And uh, therefore, he just states them. And 
one of the things that's kind of implied there is I know what I'm doing. Trust me, we need this. Okay? And the interesting thing is that, uh, yeah, this is just weeks after the first hacky third-party attempts had made their way to iPhone and just under two months since the first iPhone jailbreak toolkit appeared. But there's no there's no ask for his, for his input. There's no need to, or desire shown here for Steve to make his to make sure that his touch is felt on this framework. He just says we need to do this, and the response is just as important. Steve says, make sure it's done by March of 2008 and shipped in July of that year. So that means he's got six months to have it ready to announce at the Apple World Conference or whatever. And basically, Jobs is giving him carte blanche, right? He's just saying, We're, whatever you need, you get it done. This is something we need done. And so no matter how effective leadership is and how talented their employees, if they do not establish an environment which clarity of thought is welcomed and rewarded, then they will never get to the kind of bold, declarative product development that they wish. And I only wish they still remembered Steve's comment that you got to be able to wrap your hand around it to really make it work. Yeah, I know there's pop sockets, but I want something that fits in a pocket, and nobody does build it anymore. And the, the, the original iPhone was like the perfect size. I would think someone would come out with the perfect size smartphone. Now that we can put 64 gig on a chip the size of a, of a pinky nail, uh, or 132 gig, or even probably way more than that, I probably don't need keeping up, you know, for five bucks. Why not build them small again? like we all want and put a little light on there that says this is being charged or this is fully charged and maybe a replaceable battery which is what iPhone took away from us all and it never came back pretty much okay can it be learned from probably but only if all involved are willing to create the environment necessary to foster the key elements above you know I've noticed something really interesting in my career looking back on it I think the people that listened, the executives, the business owners, the Dick Cabela's of the world, when they listened, we made them money hand over fist, millions and millions and millions of dollars. Most didn't. Most let their employees undermine the projects, giving us trivial things to work on instead of what we, what we came to do. And that actually happened at Cabela's. New IT came in and said, we know how to do this just as well. They didn't even ask us what we were doing. They didn't know we were using 500 variables in machine learning in 1985 before anyone knew how to do it. They didn't, they didn't have 10, probably, variables that they could model with. Anyway, so, so as much as I loved Dick, working with Dick Cabela, he hired a bunch of MBAs who created a political climate, but in defense of Dick Cabela, created a retail pretty much a retail giant that gave a legacy to his kids. And I think that was his main objective, really. Anyway, lots of things to think about. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.